0: our mission i think it's to get banned this is butthole surfers psychic powerless another Man's sack or p pams i pams calling it <laughs> i've been calling it we got it p pams cuz i feel like the ellipses is just too important to saying the title and it takes too long so P-Pams. <laughs> p pams by the way
1: so when we what so like with twitch right when you go live like whoever subscribes to your channel gets like a notification. So there's a, you can put a notification message in, right? Which is separate from the title of the video, the streaming video on Twitch itself. So those are two text boxes, right? The text box that is currently on our Twitch stream right now is the full name, including Butthole, including Another Man's sack, so to speak. The announcement, I had to put in five million asterisks to get around their, like, moderation BS. (laughs) Because apparently they don't want us spamming a bunch of people (laughs) with the word butthole or another man's sack. In
2: 2022, if the spam you get only says butthole, (laughs) I feel like that's doing pretty good based on, like, the spam text I'm getting.
0: Yeah. Also, if, if Twitch is not for another man's sack, what's it for? So...
2: What is your In a way, it's very selfless if you think about it. We're not concerned about our sacks. We're concerned <laughs> about other men's sacks. Yeah. It's a brother. It's really a brotherhood. A brotherhood I mean, that's sacks. Yeah, The yes.
1: brotherhood
0: or the psychic, powerless sack.
1: So, I'm curious what your guys' background with the Butthole Surfers is. Um,. And that's not a pun, background. Not a pun. Not quite. No, not intentional. Could happen. Not far. But (laughs) in a roundabout way of getting Ah, to that. Because my only experience with Butthole Surfers, really, before this, like I think I probably put on some of the old records like a couple of times or they would come on random or whatever. But really it's Pepper and Electric Larry Land, the one that came out when we were teenagers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I really didn't have a lot. Like, to go off of, I know that they were weird, I know that they were from Texas, I know that they were punky, weird, from Texas, and I know that Electric Ladyland wasn't quite, it was weird, but it wasn't
0: quite any of that. No, at that point, they had been on a major label for a few years, I think the major label debut was Independent Worm Saloon, um, and so Electric Ladyland was capital. Yeah, I, so, okay,
1: so for me, Pepper is one of the weirder singles... From that time For sure For me Like yeah. that weird Spoken thing Going on And groaning Sort of chorus It's very Beck Yeah it's, It
0: feels like a back song Yeah like, yeah The, yeah, the lyrics feel Like, like very Free associative yeah. Like it's mellow Right Compared to um, like, The
2: chaos that It's it, it strikes me as like A where it's at For people who are Not nearly as upbeat As Beck <laughs> In that sense <laughs> um, <laughs> That's funny And also, that pretty much is my experience too. There was a summer where you could not turn on MTV without seeing Pepper, seeing and hearing the video for Pepper. And so it it was a little bit weird, the spoken word part. But I always dug it, and for Mm -hmm. just for reasons, I never really explored the Butthole Surfers more than that. But I do think, and this brings up a fun point I would like to share, is that I was at the beach with some of Chris's friends a year or two ago. And one of his friends had made, like, a playlist, and it was very heavily, like, stuff they listened to. And I think in an attempt, or at least as I understood it, in an attempt to, like, be somewhat inclusive to me, he tried to play something from my era, (laughs) which is ten years before them, (laughs) and came up with Pepper, and I was like, actually... Very good choice. Well done. (laughs) Yeah, and I started. Yeah, I got very excited, and I was like, "Hell yeah, Pepper! Nice." So, but that's what they came up with. Okay, so there was
1: another record that came out, not exactly the same time, but it was on MTV, and I saw the video on MTV, which was as weird maybe, and it was that Ween pushed the little daisies. I don't know if you remember that. It was a really weird video, and they're singing on helium and it makes no sense and it's free associative too i think
0: yeah i definitely remember that.
1: and i feel like those two are two of the weirdest things that ever came on MTV when we were growing up and in my mind like they're paired for their weirdness even though ween is i think this music is much more out there in terms of like less traditional song structures than ween yeah but but a lot of weirdness And then listening to this record and listening to Locust Abortion Technician, those records are on another level of weirdness than Pepper (laughs) and Electric Larryland because you had Electric Larryland on CD.
0: Yeah, all right, I probably have the most, all right, we've just recapped our history with the butthole servers. I definitely have the most robust history with the butthole servers Rounded to keep in the butt joke. So... Yes, like Pepper was probably the first Butthole Surfers track that I was aware of and listened to a lot of and then at the time bought Electric Ladyland or I'm sorry, Electric Larryland but I definitely had the like Beavis and Butthead experience with butthole surfers because oh, yeah. they did watch a few of their videos. Right, through that's right. I forgot about that. And one of them is in the After Party stream. So that was probably my first experience and then Pepper dropped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when Pepper dropped, like with a few artists like That was my, I saw that as my like onboarding moment where like they're dropping a thing that comes out at a time where I'm aware of it when it comes out and I bought it and I was not prepared for Electric Larry Land. Like it's, it was weird in a way that I was not expecting, especially off of the back of Pepper. And I liked it, but I remember the first few days, weeks with it. I wondered what I had actually spent my hard-earned money on.
1: It's like when Pepper is like the more or most normal song.
0: On the record? But, whoa. So I would say, like, Beavis and ButtHead happened and I probably heard about the Butthole Surfers from there. Pepper dropped and I bought Electric Larry Land there. And we've mentioned the Spawn movie on here before. <laughs> that They had a song on the they soundtrack? They had a, sp- uh, a song before. on the Spawn soundtrack that was with Moby. What? Moby and the Butthole Surfers and Tiny Rubber
2: Band, I
0: believe, is the name of the track.
1: Damn. Okay.
2: That sounds so familiar. I'm pretty sure I know that, but I'm having trouble.
1: Maybe we need to listen Um, to that. Yeah, we should listen to that. Uh, for sure. Because I don't remember this at all. Yeah, tiny rubber band.
0: Okay.
2: I am pretty sure that I would recognize that if we heard it. Also,
0: man, the search that Alonzo used for that. (laughs) Alonzo's search to find this track was butthole Moby Tiny, (laughs) which I feel like. If you don't have some safe search on, you're getting some weird results. (laughs) This
1: thing is wrecked, anyway.
0: (laughs) Butthole movie tiny. Also,
1: just to reiterate my opinion on Spawn, the Spawn... Look, the Spawn uh, movie is garbage. The Spawn movie is definitely, to this day, one of the worst movies I've ever
0: seen in the Like, the the first first maybe, like, 20... But the
2: soundtrack, though.
0: The soundtrack was genius! Alright, I still... And... If there's any of the fumblers watching this, know that the challenge is still out there. I wanna do a crossover episode where we watch a movie with the fumblers and they listen to an album with us. We could do Spawn if we really hate ourselves. We could also do The Crow, like Judgment Lost, Lost, Lost Highway, like... Lost Highway is... that's... I'm totally down for that, for that sure. That would be great. Even Escape from L.A. The soundtrack for Escape from L.A. is maybe the first place i heard of bands Oh, like wow. Tool and Clutch. Oh, yeah, no, all right. So wow, okay, so this is a
1: pretty Wait. cool soundtrack. I'm looking at this. It has a song... at least three songs that I remember. Can't uh, Trip Like I Do, The Crystal method. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and that's the, yep. yeah.
1: Okay, so this is one of those soundtracks that did this gimmick with combining a rock artist and an other artist, and an electronic the, artist.
0: And in this case, it was electronic. So you get some interesting combinations like Goldie and Henry Rollins. Goldie? Which is, like drum and bass Goldie, right, yeah. Drum and bass Goldie, uh, Rollins weird right they did a remix of for Whom the bell tolls on this like it's a weird soundtrack yeah
1: and the long hard road out of hell by canceled artist marilyn manson and the sneaker pants and mm-hmm. the sneaker pants wow this is a weird okay but here's the thing this is why i don't want to maybe we should do the album but i don't wanna i'm not yeah. like i'm not such a fucking asshole to make the other <laughs> dudes like watch that movie i mean i think i am and i think
0: they know it <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. That's that movie also I've seen clips of that movie not too long ago with the scenes in hell. And they're
0: like They're terrible. The worst CGI like nineties worse than like early Mar- the early Marvel before they started making billions of dollars. Like
1: like it it just looks looks like I could probably do the CGI like drag and drop with some shit I have here. And yeah, no it's terrible. So anyway, all right. Back to the subject. So back
0: to Butthole Surfers. So this soundtrack and Electric Larryland were like my high school like references. And then when I went to college, the guys I worked with in Fairmont were lifelong Butthole Surfers fans. That's right. Because they were teenagers in a place where they could access the music when this stuff started dropping in like 1984. So Rob has recounted hanging out at high school outside of like the homecoming dance when this album came out listening to it with our friends in Fairmont wow that's like, crazy
1: would they have toured would they have toured and shown up in Morgantown they may have
0: shown up in Morgantown I found some Ohio footage maybe so they may have played one two three it's not unheard of yeah if Rob's lurking in the chat feel free to speak up and clarify yeah it. yeah I, mean, I am surfers came to
2: town. I am almost sure that butthole surfers played one two three at some point probably it
0: was probably the Nye Bingy at that point or the underground railroad. oh yeah but, sure. But yeah. So yeah, those guys really like. Like, for me, that was a super informative time where there were bands I'd heard of but never had access to that I had, like, overwhelming access to through those guys. And. That's when I found Locust Abortion Technician and Independent Worm Saloon. I think Rembrandt Pussy Horse, like all of the, everything. I just, I started going through their albums the way I would spent my life going through Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin or whatever caught my ear at the time. And I love it. It's weird. It's the moment when, I feel like it's the moment when like the mothers of invention meant like modern punk rock. And it happened in San Antonio, Texas, right? Like, these guys are totally removed from the New York and L.A. punk scenes of the, like, late 70s and 80s. They're getting that stuff filtered down. There are only really, like, a couple of local bands that are doing punk music. There's the Meat Puppets in Austin. There's... Where are the Cramps from? The Cramps... I think the Cramps are Los Angeles? Oh,
1: yeah, I think you're right.
0: Yeah, Yeah. the thing that, that seems to come from Texas is weird, unique, like angry, just rebellious music. And these guys chose to be rebellious in a very dissonant and psychedelic way. And Concubine is... it's a challenge. It's like you have to get through Concubine and Eye of the Chicken before you get anything resembling a normal song.
1: Sorry, can't convince Jack one.
0: And then it's dumb. And like dumb is ahead of its time for like rock comparatively. Like 1984 people weren't playing stuff like that. Like it was another 10 years before people were playing tracks along the like my lines of dumb dumb.
1: I think what I wonder what their live shows were like back then.
0: There's some great I was Digging through their live shows, and somewhere on a YouTube comment on a live show, there was somebody that said, butthole surfers are my Grateful Dead, because there's a huge collection of like live material, bootleg stuff on YouTube, and all of it is unique. Because every show was, these guys dropped acid or whatever, and then proceeded to just create chaos for the next 40 minutes on stage and, like, weaves in and out of, like, coherence in a way that is very punk rock. These guys are, like, kids in the hall punk rock. It's, like, punk adjacent.
1: What do you feel, like, uh, what do you feel... Can you hear the double drummers? Because apparently this record has some double drumming on it. Yeah. It's hard to say for me because, honestly, it's
0: mixed so fucking terribly and (laughs) punky. But it's very, like... The, the drums are prominent. And there's some live stuff that I've got in the After Party where you can see King Coffee and what's the girl's name? Hello? Teresa Nervosa. Teresa Nervosa, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Some double drumming. Some very weird instrumentation in this record.
0: Yeah. Puking sounds. No, and on <laughs> beat, exactly where the two hit would be in the middle <laughs> of Lady Sniff is a burp, right. uh, puke, <laughs> splash. <laughs> it's, it just feels so, like, defiant. Like, that these guys made their career on. really, like, locally, they were super significant before they even dropped this album. And the fact that they didn't really clean up their act, if you want to call it that, until Electric Lady, or Electric Larry Land drops and even then it's like still strange and like exclusionary almost like daring you to listen to it and enjoy it okay i have some other thoughts too but just about
1: the texas the whole texas piece of it right yeah when i was growing up lived on the east coast primarily and so like this stereotype of texas is cowboy hats the accent is a bunch of fucking rednecks with guns Type stuff. And then I moved to West Virginia and I really meant for real red next to guns. But, yeah. Or you um, could
0: move to California and meet some of those too. Or Michigan. But it,
1: what I think changed for me is in college I had a professor who said my comms, comms media theory professor who's actually still to this day a friend and we're actually working on a documentary together. But he's from Texas. He grew up in Dallas. And I think one of the things he kept hitting on in class was just like Hey, Texas is fucking, is huge. There's so much going on. There's so many different things and different scenes. Like Austin is completely different from Dallas. It's completely different from Houston. It's completely different from like West Texas. And uh, he would always point out that NASA was headquartered in Houston. And like all these like technology companies were in Houston, in, in Texas. Yeah. And so the reason I thought about that was this is the last weekend when I finally recovered enough from COVID to be able to do anything. We went to Taos, New Mexico, me and Katie and the kids, and we went to see, we were gonna see a double bill of Chris Isaac and Mm -hmm. Lyle Lovett. So both Texas X, and I'm not a big Lyle Lovett, Katie's way more of a Lyle Lovett fan, but like some of the songs are pretty cool. I was there mostly for Chris Isaac. So then, the day before we go, get a text, Chris Isaac and his whole band have COVID, but Lyle's gonna play a double length show. So it's like, all right, okay, cool, whatever. It's unfortunate I didn't get to secretize it, but whatever.
0: But Lyle Lovett's got the material we covered. Yeah, right yeah, there. for
1: sure. It'd be cool to see. He's got a, it's Lyle Lovett and his large band. So it's, it's really nice. 20 musicians on stage, and yeah. they're all very, like, high class music. Anyway, okay. So it was at, it was outside at this park, Kit Carson Park in Taos, okay? So we get there. Get some beers, having a nice time. The kids are running around. It's all good. Okay, Lyle Lovett comes on, plays five songs. The fucking cloud, like, the skies open up. Just clouds, thunder, lightning. And then the promoter comes on stage and says, hey, there's a strong thunderstorm cell about two miles away. Everyone needs to evacuate the park. And because we're afraid that there could be a lightning strike. So the whole park empties, and the rain starts coming down. We find some shelter somewhere. There was no lightning strike at the park, but there was a lot of lightning and thunder, or whatever. We go back. It takes them an hour to get reset up. Yeah. Because everything had all the electrical equipment oh, yeah. twenty instruments, twenty musicians, yeah, yeah, yeah. all okay. the shit. And then we listened to about probably five more songs before the kids couldn't take, take it me. anymore. <laughs> and that was our concert experience at the house, but. All that to say that Lyle Lovett and this music... And they both came up around the same time, by the way. Yeah. Like,
0: well, where was Lovett out of? Was he out of...
1: East Texas. Houston area. Okay. Yeah. And they were both coming up in Texas in the 80s. This is when they were getting popular. Yeah. And you could not fucking be more different. Nah. Like, his music is very precise... It's very focused like the songs have a concept that's very focused, right? The lyrics are very matter-of-fact and down to earth. The performances are like you can hear every single different instrument the way it's mixed. Like the solos are very precise. They wear suits.
0: The whole all of the
1: fucking band wear suits on stage.
0: Yeah, whereas at this point their bass player would wear nothing sometimes. <laughs> so
1: all that to say it's a big-ass place with lots of different things going on. I think that is very true. And yeah. it's not surprising to me that something like crazy like this came out of Texas at that time.
0: Yeah, and it's... Yeah, I enjoy it. It's a strange feeling. How was your experience with this, Toma? I know dissonant is not always on your plate.
2: No, but... I think that it was like... I don't know. I, I feel like it was like this is not music that i would listen to like i'm not going to put this on a playlist and listen to it while i'm doing something or it's not going to be something that i have on like a list that i would just listen to to enjoy as an album but at the same time it feels like going to a museum it feels like an interesting historical exploration like not so much For an album, I'm gonna look as an album and put on a playlist, but as something that was very, like, holy shit, like, there was a time when the Butthole Surfers sounded like this, insane, (laughs) which I actually didn't know, somehow, I did not know that. And also, the more I listened to it, the more I just had questions, like, unanswered questions. And so it was, like, very much like a... It became intriguing after a while. It was just like, hold on a second. I really cannot, and I still can't, I can't tell. Are these, like, songs that they have, are they... Are they meant to be, like, tongue-in-cheek? Are they making fun of people that they know are, like, what is going on here? These characters are (laughs) fucking insane. Some of them are crazy. I don't know if you guys read the lyrics, but I actually did. Like For the first time in a long time, I was like, hold on. I
1: I need (laughs) to... I so I perused and
2: the, I, I was looking for answers and I did not get any I there, did not get yeah, any. You,
0: there there aren't really any I don't yeah there so, aren't really so,
1: any look I peruse the lyrics because a couple of them did stand out and those is what's weird is a lot of them are more stories than I thought. Like, it's like most, I think if like, I'm not gonna pigeonhole them and say they're punk exactly, but because they're, I don't know what the fuck they are. But if you remember like the Descendants, right? We We did the Descendants, right? Obviously California, skate scene. Very different scene. But like the songs were basically Brain dead, simple. I like this girl, yeah. or fuck the suburbs, or whatever. Or I want, a, I want to, you know, what's what's the song? Like, I want home. a so, suburban home. I want yeah, a suburban right. home. I want to
2: be stereotyped. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Dead, so yeah.
1: these are like very, and then like this song, the song we just listened to, wolly 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 bully, is a story. It's but, bizarre. And
2: sometimes I like could not figure out. Like, is this song offense? Is it offensive? And should I be like, yikes, what a time. And it's a product of the times or whatever. Yeah. Or are they making fun of some really obnoxious person that they encountered? I don't know. Don't know.
0: I Like like Negro <laughs> Observer is the one that like the first time through is very, what is this song about? And in my head, like just looking through the lyrics, it's always felt like these are the people like watching. They're the ones watching the black people. They're the Negro observers. They're like some sort of racist accountant monitoring, counting the heads in singles bars, right? Like, it's...
2: Yeah,
1: But, I don't, but I don't know what... I really... I agree with Jack. I really don't know what don't this know, is about. I don't know what it's about. I'd love to hear... A genius doesn't have any more information. Right.
2: It, no. I mean, no
0: one knows. Yeah. Is it people watching Negroes? Or is it Negroes coming to Texas yeah. and being like what, like an alien force? I don't know, like, dude. What I, is this place that we've landed I, in? I, I, don't I, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the attitude was in San Antonio at the time. Because... That's where these guys were. It's not an Austin thing, it's a San Antonio thing. Gibby Haynes and Paul Leary met right. each other in 81 in San Antonio and started the band. So
1: I think, look, so I think... I'm, it, it, who knows if they know what it means?
0: Who, I assure you they don't care. <laughs> I, like. I assure. I don't know if you've watched any of the interview stuff. There's a Nardwar interview oh, yeah, with, yeah. Um, I see that. with Leary and King Coffee. And... It's nonsense chaos. Yeah, it's total chaos. There's a... Again, in the After Party, one of the things I found was, I think, a TV show out of New York from, like, maybe 89 that these guys are recounting the original show and, like, in the video, they're talking about having the Beastie Boys on and the Beasties are, like, 18 and 16 at the time and then they have the Butthole Surfers on to play an interview and... They play for two or three songs and then sit down and are interviewed for the however they can be. And right before <laughs> the interview starts, they cut to, at the time, it's these guys recounting old videos. So they cut to the modern like interview with the two guys that did the show. And they're like, yeah, like five minutes before like the show started, the buttholes came up to us. And we we're just like, yeah, we're going to go outside and drop some acid real quick. And they're like... <laughs> Oh, okay. However, you want to do this, but we do still want you to play, and they're as tight as they are on any of their live shows. Which there's a documentary coming out this year that's on the Butthole Surfers, that's like a licensed, kind of supported, like authorized documentary. I think they have a new album coming out this year as well, which is
2: pretty exciting. Oh.
0: They haven't put out a new album since 2003, I think, or 2001. So,
2: I cannot imagine if I just went, oh, I wonder what the butthole surfers would sound like in 2022, and I have no idea. Well, I mean, no where do you go? You,
0: where do you go? You go back, like, the <laughs> thing about what, the, what they a lot of times call, like, Dada punk for their attitude, right? This weird kind of abstract Dadaism that they do. You can go anywhere in that space, provided you can still play in that weird, chaotic space. Yeah. You don't have to go anywhere. It's not about progressing. <laughs> it's not about. Improving. Well, they
1: did change some of their sound. And, some. And, and mean, the mixes work, sound better look, as like, you go farther.
0: They work in different instrumentation, they this, use it in a similar way. Yeah, like, this,
1: But this. So I listened to the Locus support the Technician a bunch also. Yeah. And. This is clear for me. This is their worst mixed. Yeah. Easily, I think it's the most flat, and it sounds like punk records from back then, where it's just everything is like flat and doesn't punch out in any kind of way. One of the albums was produced by John Paul Jones, (laughs) which seems insane. I can't. I don't know. I can't
0: remember (laughs) if it was Locust or if it was Independent Warm Saloon. It may have been Independent Warm Saloon.
1: By the way, Rob says that they played. September the 6th, 1985. At the Underground
0: Railroad. At the Underground Railroad. So, 85.
1: Yeah, so... They got one taste of Morgantown. This
0: <laughs> was the tour. This was the tour they hit Morgantown mm. on. not Because yeah. Rembrandt Pussy Horse comes out in 86, which is the album before they pick up the bassist that will eventually join the Melvins, Jeff Pincus. And so recently, the Melvins did a release called Pincus Abortion Technician think, <laughs> that is the Melvins with Jeff Pincus playing covers of Butthole Surfer's songs. That's hilarious. Including Moving to Florida which is one of the bonus tracks from the UK version of this album. I didn't listen to them. But it. I didn't put it on my list. I love it. It's weird. It's a real weird song. Well but, let's fuck with it. But it's on It's it gets officially released in the US on Rembrandt Pussy Horse. So it's almost like I didn't want to go there because, I don't know, do I want to come back to the Butthole servers at some point? Depends on how long we do this. I'm happy to do every Butthole Servers album. Yeah, a couple things. First off, shout out. Oh,
1: okay. I guess Rob sent you some links.
0: Nice. Thanks, Rob.
1: Shout out to Rob. I hope you're doing well, homeboy. Hey, uh, uh, like... It's interesting you mentioned. I guess I wasn't really paying too much attention when they were. They were and all the the Fairmount guys were listening to. uh, But also, but those guys got me into a lot of surf music. They got me
0: into a lot of I would say like post punk other stuff. Also, speaking of surf music, there's some guitar work in this that predates Man or Astro-Man but is absolutely techniques that Man or
1: Oh or yeah Man yeah is. totally I think Devo is definitely an important influence it has to be for these guys maybe I don't know maybe they wouldn't say that I, I have no idea but maybe. I just feel like it has to be especially the Devo, early Devo stuff like the 70s yeah. more punky Devo sounding stuff but, uh, but yeah no that's that's super cool thanks thanks, thanks Rob the, thanks for the Yeah voice, added,
0: added to the playlist because Rob hooked us up Yeah uh, I have added two links that are the Butthole Surfers playing at the Underground Railroad wow. in '86. so? When did
1: yeah, it stop nice. being the Underground? Do you know? I don't know. Do you know. have any
0: sense?
2: There's a. Rob, I have.
0: Rob Morgantown, histori- music historian. <laughs> Please Why? let us know. Someone needs to do a documentary on one, two, three. Like... They.
2: There's a podcast that. Chris has been listening to, so I have heard it because he's been listening to it, about one, two, three... It's not about... Okay, this is my complaint. It's not... It's about one... It's supposed to be about the woman who was running Underground Railroad and her disappearance, and it is a lot less about that, and... That than I would like, and a lot more about some other woman I don't know, just trying to talk about how wild she was back in the day. And it's just, okay, I don't, I'm not interested in your backstory, lady. Yeah. (laughs) Whoever you are. And and it is honestly not interesting. Like, no offense to her, but I think she thinks that her time here was very remarkable. And it's, listen, that is every undergrad I know had a wilder time than that. But okay, go (laughs) off.
1: What's the name of the podcast? uh, To Uh, shout
0: them out? (laughs) I'm
2: Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Um, I'll never get that time back. It's called I Was Never There. I Was Never There. That's
0: a good name. It is a good name. Uh, I,
2: look, Listen, I wish it had been all about one, two, three, and if it had been all about that, I would have been much more into dude, it. But, someone uh,
0: hardcore needs to fill that
2: gap. Because, yes, because please, Rob, make Rob, a better Rob, one. Rob yeah, step yeah, up please. to the plate.
0: Yeah, Rob, I want to. Uh, we need a timeline so we can make a documentary of one, two, three, or even
1: just a pod of like all the different bands that came I mean, and like was, all the scene, music scene. Because I know Rob knows a bunch of those also bands too. like
0: Orville Wright. I think was the guy a guy I knew in Morgan town i think that's his name he was a big like one two three guy for a very long time like in in morgantown west virginia for those of you like hearing this that don't know directly it's there's a bar now called one two three pleasant street it has been there for a very long time as a as one of the better music venues in the area
1: seen a lot of Weird stuff there. Dick, Salt, uh, Salt Dick, Dick, Dick Dale, Dale, Dale there
0: regularly. Like Hank the like, Third, yeah. The pep, the Chili Peppers played there. White Zombie played there. Like it it had it has had a history. For Lightning Lightning Light Bolt, 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 Bolt. Bolt they played there a whole Lightning bunch. Lightning Bolt deafened me there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: the, <laughs> Lightning Bolt uh, ruined your hearing. Oh, yeah. On some level. Yeah.
2: Trace hearing problems directly <laughs> to that concert yeah um, but uh, anyway like, oh jello, jello biafra was there according to the podcast to yeah. him on the podcast
0: saw saw the melvin's there so many good bands there and it's just there's there's a lot of fun to be had in that venue but yeah but yeah so like this music so the buttholes are doing some weird stuff right like i said the meat puppets they have their own weird texas sound like daniel johnston has his own weird Texas sound. But I think there's a line to be drawn between the Butthole Surfers and bands. Man, man, band. there's mm-hmm. There's yeah. that perfect chaos that they envelop. They're a little bit more melodic, maybe, but, dude, I've been listening to Rabbit Hands this past week.
1: and <laughs> This is a cool band.
0: That is, that holds up to this kind of weird chaos. It's a different kind of chaos. Dude, I think,
1: I, I feel like, I feel like they're not, they should have more recognition fans. So they put out
0: an album in 2020, and they'll be at Sister in September. Oh,
1: we gotta go see them. But I feel like their problem, honestly, was they were part of a Philly scene that was so far removed from the mainstream. No one was, like in that time, early aughts, like no one was looking for bands for rock bands coming from Philly. Like it was just like, it was like R&B acts, hip hop acts, all that stuff, but not rock bands. Like I think it was a scene that was just really fucked up.
2: My thing with, with Man is actually like the, uh, that's weird. I was just thinking about how it's the opposite. Like butthole surfers, their more accessible stuff is preferable to me. Man Man is the opposite. The, what is the album? Like the man in the blue turban with a whatever, I forget the whole name. Man in the blue turban Um, with the hat, I think, right? Yeah. The one with, like, Fogger China and, yeah. like, those. That is a great album, and it's absolute chaos. It's just, there's, what's the one? Oh. Yeah, this is. Peruv- a- against, it's Against the Peruvian Monster. Against the Peruvian yeah. Monster, that yeah, that's right. Yeah. That is a great song, and it's just absolute, just, like, just yeah. wailing. They're just wailing on instruments and yeah. screaming, and I love that. That's my favorite, man. Yeah. But the stuff that they've been doing pa- after that is—it's—I don't know. I, I find it like it's not as interesting in the same way. It's which a is more it's tame,
0: for weird. sure. It's definitely more tame.
1: I honestly haven't listened to anything after like like 2006, whatever the second record was. So I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know, but I would know. Six Demon Bag. But yeah. yeah, this record is also fucking awesome. Yeah, and and they were fun. They were a fun show. It's weird now that I think back, but there were some really cool. Like I saw Questlove DJ at a club in South in, on South Street. It was the uh, Tasty Cakes DJ set. So I don't know if you guys have ever had Tasty Cakes. I assume yeah. so. Oh yeah, of <laughs> course. it's like a, yeah. Of course. this is the fucking whatever. The factory in Philly or outside of Philly.
2: Listen, my grandpa Toma owns stock in Tasty Cakes. Okay. And let me tell you, that was one of my <laughs> favorite one? parts of visiting. Yeah.
1: Anyway, they did this, like, they did this, like, club night. I can't remember the name of the club. It was on South Street. Where the whole thing was unlimited. You, like, you get in the club, it was unlimited Tasty Cakes. Like, you could just, oh, they just had them dreams. all over the place. My and then it was Questlove. And Questlove, this was before he was, like, known as, like, a DJ. And he would do these six hour sets, like you'd show up at 10 or whatever, and it'd be like past, like after hours time. And it would go from R&B to Afro Pop to just, just to psychedelic rock. It would just cover the crazy spectrum. And I've seen Diplo before he was famous because he used to, he was a regular DJ at Silk City. Nice. Which I was like lived a block away from. Yeah. And there were other acts like I've seen plenty of acts that went nowhere. Yeah. And I don't like I think like I said the rock scene in Philly sucked. I think or at least it didn't suck like the band sucked, but no, I mean, no
0: one was looking for that. Doctor Dog
1: no. was like probably the only band from that,
0: and they're not, they're not like me. I've never even listened to Doctor Dog. Really? Like, yeah. Ah. Um, it, it's one of those situations where the name sounds like I'm not gonna be into it, and I've just. It's
1: never, cool. They're cool. Right? They're cool. They're a cool band, and but very different from sure any of this
0: stuff. Tell me, you and I saw a man in, in Pittsburgh, right? In Philly. At uh, Mr. Small. No, yes, Mr. Right, you're.
2: you're right. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, that was cool. Um, it, it was great. There's I, still a video from that somewhere on my Facebook timeline.
0: I remember, like, Hannes... was it Hannes Hannes? Hannes Horus? I remember him just, like, being alone on the stage with a piano and yeah. Freddie Mercury-style, like, standing on the piano and just, like, belting shit out for a while. It was great. It was that was a good the show. And it was fun. Like, those guys play off of each other in a weird, kind of childish, fun way, live. And I feel like the buttholes were more aggressive from seeing their like live stuff on YouTube, but there's still that play back and forth. And once they get off stage, the aggression goes away and it's just a bunch of kids on drugs just messing with whoever's interviewing them. It's hilarious. So do we
1: want to talk about our picks and give it a rating? And, sure. Uh, yeah, and
0: then, we can,
1: yeah uh, then we can go to the yeah.
0: after party. So for me, I would like it start to finish. It's hard for me to pick stuff out. The things that I tried to cut out were, like, I tried to point out, like, Eye of the Chicken over Concubine for the weird <laughs> kind of chaos.
1: I, I, p- I picked both. But in my playlist, I had either the chicken at the top and concubine at the bottom. Top. Yeah, because I think they're both indicative of the spirit of yeah. the record. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: I think that's right. And I choose I chose dumb, which is the song we're listening to now. Yeah, because for me, that's the like hard driving sound that like sh- starts showing up again. In,
1: Am uh, I a little crazy? Is this sound a little New Wave? It's like the most.
0: Of the most new wave. It's new wavy, but it's also pre Queens of the Stone Age kind of butt rock. I don't know. It's hard. It's like for me, like that
1: driving, clean drumming is. It reminds me of like the cure, old cure, like the Cure. A lot of
0: people talk about like these guys being the start of the grunge movement too. But anyway, like. So, Dumb was a big choice for me because I I like that. I think it's a lot of fun. I think Negro Observer is like such a weird like sound that comes out of nowhere on this. Plus, it's the first use of the saxophone on the album. (laughs) Not the last use, but the first use, and it's cool and fun. And then, Lady Sniff, which is this weird... The voice seems like it's mocking blues musicians and the like vibe gets real weird with the like two beat sample stuff including the burp puke and then from there i went to mexican caravan which I also, like, that's a classic track. There's classic butthole stuff on there.
1: So, Mexican Caravan is probably my favorite song on the record, if I had to pick one.
0: And it is a different type of Mexican Mexican (laughs) caravan than what they talk about on the news these days. (laughs) It sounds like a bunch of white boys getting together to go buy some Well, that's what I was
1: saying, and again, this is another one of those ones where it's consult genius
0: and see what happens. Wait, the album came before Caius caught on. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely, there's some pre-Kaya stuff to dump, for sure, Rob.
1: I mean, this is, okay, lyrics of this song. Yeah. Okay, by the way, this sounds the most like the Dead Kennedys. Sounds like
0: Police Truck or something.
1: Yeah, of all their songs on this record. Take me, the Mexican caravan south of the Rio Grande, take me to that Amigo town where I can score some of that heroin brown. Teach this white boy to be Mexican. So yeah. it's
0: about... Put me in through the garbage can teach this white boy to be Mexican.
1: So it's about trying to score heroin
0: in Mexico. A hundred percent. And I believe that these guys have experience doing that. I <laughs> and I also... Yeah, <laughs> I think I believe that they probably... Like, this is not some hip-hop crossing shit. Yeah, this is not like so some... Yeah. They're not big up in how cool they are and they have never shot a gun before. Yeah. This is a hundred percent... We took a trip to Mexico. We tried to buy some heroin. We tried to buy hey, some We wrote drug. a song about it.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, yeah.
0: But, all right, and then... Prescient. (laughs) Yeah, prescient, yeah. Uh, So then after that is Gary Floyd, which I love. Like, all versions of Gary Floyd, especially the new one that that Rob shared with me a few weeks ago. In the meantime, all the tracks in between are great. Wooly Bully's great. Cowboy Bob is great. I think if there was one track
1: I would add to my... I wanted to keep it five. If there was one I would add, it would be Wooly Bully. (laughs) which has nothing to do with original woolly bully with extra vowels but it
0: this is i think it's easy in 2022 to listen to this and think "Eh, this isn't anything special there's a lot of stuff that sounds weird but this was 1984. this stuff would have been mythology for anybody that liked weird things it would have been next to impossible to find You wouldn't have heard like cherub has a music video that never played on mtv there's no like if it did it was like three in the morning right like it's a unique experience especially for 1984 because people really weren't making this at a mainstream level if they ever did they certainly didn't start doing it for another 10 years
1: i have this book i think i've talked about it before called this is your brain on music which i think is like a just phenomenal book about what music actually is doing and it's the first time i ever read anything about music where i felt like i think this person knows what i like intuitively know because for me like really it is it's like it's experiencing like a piece of music is it affects my emotions or it can affect my emotions in a way that like doing some sort of mind-altering substance does not like i'm not seeing things or anything like that but it's just like plays with my emotions in that way
0: yeah I feel like I, I feel like music unlike other forms of art has like a direct line to like my emotional nerve center and yeah so for me this
1: record is like an example of like it's like more like acid trip music for me where and what I mean by that is and I think Jenny you talked about this at the beginning is, is it like something that it's not my caffeine music it's not my chamomile tea music it's yeah. not my it's not my get shit done music it's my mind-altering, I want to go to a faraway place and see things in a very different way for some brick of time, for like a half an hour.
0: This, right? for me, this is like a, for me, the, <laughs> all right, maybe this is a window on how fucked up I am. This is like a bouncy, fun time music for me. This is, I, I did yard work to this album today, like, bouncing around the yard going, Gary, Floyd, you're going to come, and like... All of these albums, I don't know, Goofy's Dilemma and that stuff on Independent Worm Saloon is like, driving. It really makes me like want to drive fast and beat into a thing, but it gets disarmed in a track or two because everything's so different and differently put together. Like,
1: it's like, for me, it's don't do drugs, kids. For me, it's a, like, like when I have, like you do it and then you have to wait for a yeah. little bit, right? Yeah. yeah things to get going. I feel like this record has a little bit of that. Yeah. You have to wait like maybe 20, 30 seconds before you start feeling like, okay, like, this is going somewhere. And then you just have to like let go and just kind of let it do its thing and just ride with it. And then there's like parts of it that... Or maybe a little bit more interesting than other parts, but like it's all this cohesive. Okay, we're gonna go. We're just gonna go with it. We're just gonna let it happen. And I can like,
0: so I'll say that in my experience, "Concubine" is a different song on the loop back than it is on play. Mm. Like, interesting. Listen to the album once. It loops back around from Gary Floyd back to "Concubine," and my feelings on "Concubine" have changed the, than where they were when I first hit play and it played. Yeah. So for me, I. Think the entire Butthole Surfer's career is a five star album because it's a unique experience. You don't get this anywhere else. Like, this is a mothers of invention kind of thing where, like, you accept and settle into this weird, otherworldly, psychedelic experience. And provided you can turn off and are in the mood to, to do that, it will deliver on all cylinders. I'll
1: tell you what, man, this is something we should do in the pod someday. One of you guys has to pick, like, a Zappa. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Because my Zappa hand is not strong, man. That'd be a lot of fun. And I would love to just have an excuse to listen intensely to like a Zappa record. Like, Hot Rats, I think, is one that yeah. I'm like, I'd listen to at some point a bunch, but that's basically about it. There's some old Mothers of Invention songs that are on some like compilations that I like, but yeah, I don't... I'm not, my hand isn't strong with that. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be a lot of fun. Jenny, any specific highlights or any thoughts? And if not, your rating?
2: I don't know. Highlights is hard because for the same reason I had trouble making a playlist, Like, I feel like it all sticks together so much that this is maybe the album, probably the most out of anything we've listened to, that didn't have that had little variation in, like, my numeric ratings. Like, Mm. the bell curve was much smaller. I didn't have... I almost always have a wider variation, like songs I really like, medium songs I don't like, and these all clustered around the same point, give or take. So I didn't really... I don't know that I could say, like, I had a highlight, per se, except for the best I can do there is that my highest-rated song, mathematically, was Cowboy Bob. Right. (laughs) It's the best I can do for you. Cool. That's a cool song,
0: too. Yeah,
2: no, it is. It's actually pretty tight, if you really... And I think that part of it was, like, a nice grounding because you've got, like, this entire, like, clusterfuck that's just, like, happening and then all of a sudden you get a little bit of, like, measured chaos, which which was... I don't know, I thought it was nice. It was a nice palate cleanser and I dig it. It feels Um, a little
0: grungy to me. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, this has that John Zorn saxophone work it has like that opening, like driving guitar work.
1: It feels to me that sounds. I mean, obviously they're very different, but it sounds a little bit like a Alice in Chains like riff I, at the beginning mm-hmm. of a song or something. I, you know, the I, da, 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 for da, me da, da. that's
0: where Rob mentioned Caius. I yeah. mentioned Queens of the Stone Age. That's what I hear there. Or like. like
1: Soundgarden, just that kind of driving, real bass heavy like, yeah. riff at the beginning.
0: Also, I love that like the phase shift. Like he's running his vocals through the laser Ricky Haynes does a lot of fun vocal work including the what became Scott Weiland's kind of mainstay for a while which is singing into a megaphone that's on a microphone that is a Scott Weiland I don't know if he pioneered it but like he was doing early
1: yeah right on okay so what do you got as a rating overall
2: Oh, this is a a very solid three. Very midpoint, very... uh, It was a very interesting, like, historical dive, and it was intriguing in ways, but as, like, music, it it was fine. It was fine as music.
1: I think, yeah, for me, I would say... For me, I think I would very unscientifically give it, like, a 3.5. I'm not going to give it a 3 because I think it's too fucking weird. For me to give it a three, <laughs> it's like when you're that weird and intentionally weird, you probably know more than I do, and so I'm gonna give you like the benefit of the doubt on some level. And some of these songs are pretty cool, but like I said, I think for me this is like I would rate doing like an acid trip, also maybe a three point five. <laughs> do you know? Because like it's not four, it's not a four star yeah. experience for me it's or a five star two, experience. Yeah. like I'm forty one, dude. Yeah, like it's I like, see
0: that. Like. It's, it'd be interesting. This is a little easier to step outside of if you need a minute. That's right,
1: exactly. Yeah. I can literally hit pause. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So for me, it's, it's got some cool stuff. It prompted me... I wanted to listen to some of the other older stuff, like just to get a comparison. I recommend listening to Locust Abortion Technician. There's... It's less punky, but weirder. I think.
0: Yeah, I think, like, the structure comes starts coming back. Like, the traditional structures start coming back in Independent Worm Saloon. And I feel like that album, you get a career informed by, like, intentional chaos fed into a rock and roll, a, a more approachable rock and roll aesthetic, yeah, which yeah. is, I think, how they got Electric Larry Land to be a thing. Yeah. And how that's, like, that album's type, like... Independent Worm Saloon's tightness is like a direct, like, line to Pepper's popularity. Like, where you can take something incredibly weird, like Pepper. Nothing sounds like that on the radio. Yeah, it's like a Beck track, but it's like a, it's like a Beck track that doesn't like you. It may want to fight you, but you can't. You still want to hang out with it because it's weird.
2: Beck <laughs> wants to be your friend, yeah. and this is very much not that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: This yeah. got some big fuck you energy. There's no yeah. doubt. Yeah. And again, that's I have to give it like a little bit more credit. Yeah. That's always appealing to me on some level. Yeah.
2: But I also think it's only fair for me to make clear if I didn't already that that as strange creative people, I give these dudes literally all the props because like Pepper Electric Larryland is great stuff. It really is. And also I read that they actually didn't have a name at first and that they were being called like whatever they would like just pick something random each time that they took the stage (laughs) and that at some point, they were playing the song "Butthole Surfer," and somebody thought it was their name, and it stuck. Okay, cool. But one of the one of the names that they went by at some point, allegedly, or so the internet says, is the inalienable right to eat Fred Astaire's asshole, which is probably <laughs> one of the best things I've heard in a minute. Uh, um, and, and the so most like, butthole surfer, like yeah, great.
0: that's right? so good. How yeah. have we not
1: been kicked off of Twitch? Because they have these automated like live video filter. Audio filters. If, we, if we make
0: it through this entire episode, this is we're
2: going to get a little harder in season four. We better, we better quit while we're ahead. Well,
1: no. Ryan, go ahead. Give us your rating. Oh, actually, sorry. One thing before you give us a rating. My kids. I like to make sure everyone knows what my kids think of all these records. Six thumbs down, dude. Like nice. they. This was nice. the, this <laughs> one and Iron Maiden, I would say, probably to this point, have been the most hated. Nice. This one maybe edges I Iron Maiden Like just... Hatred.
0: i can't wait until they're more capable of abstract <laughs> thought and then like yeah. to come back to them with this is like they just down the road. they were
1: just like why are we listening to this it hurts my ears yeah that's part of why frankie said for i think it was actually it was for Bar. it was for no it was locust abortion technician we were listening to that oh, sweet love sweet love and which is basically the riff from sweet leaf
0: yeah as with them. as they get to a so, cover song.
1: Well, so the first track of Locust Abortion Technician is called Sweet Loaf. It's basically their version of Sweet Leaf, the Black Sabbath song. So it's the riff from Sweet Leaf. But it's just them screaming and laughing over the riff to Sweet Leaf. And Frankie was just like, this doesn't make any sense. They, All they're doing is going, yeah, and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like, I don't know, dude. So, yeah. So, six thumbs down from my from children. To this point, I think their favorite record that we've listened to for the pod has, is is the King Giz Butterfly 3000. That's nice. still their favorite. Nice. Their songs that they, like, will hum. Yeah. Aww, like, still.
0: Cute. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for me, this is, this is in that four-star range, like... I, I will listen to this because I want to listen to this as like a fun and enjoyable background sound. There are days where I'll be at work and just turn on the bundle servers and listen to them all day long. It's, it, my brain wasn't always wired for this stuff. As I said, the first time I picked up Electric Larryland, Land, it was a weird experience, but as an adult, my brain is more wired for this stuff. I really enjoy it. It's fun. It makes me happy because it's silly. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, it's, this is a four, this is a four for me, for sure.
1: Okay, then let's end it there. We
2: got a gun for it?